Electrum performance is a pathway to many abilities some would consider to be unnatural. Open Guard Cast 25, the discount code you can use to become El Emperor Squall Squat Palpatine. <laughs> my goodness. Welcome back to the Open Guard Cast. Uh, my name is Jake Watson. I'm joined by Danny O'Donnell. We do not have a guest today because BJJ Stars happened last night. I went over to Danny's. We ate some s'mores. Were there graham crackers in the s'mores? No. But I took <laughs> chocolate, I melted a, a marshmallow, and I put it in there. Don't judge me. I worked out yesterday. I did election performance. I didn't even need to use the discount code. You know why? Because I'm already thick, mean, lean, and swole. Get on my level. Danny O'Donnell, how are you today? I'm doing good. Do you want to talk about uh, lifting yesterday? That was kind of fun. I do. Man, okay. So I went over to Danny's. Uh, I went to the gym uh, in the morning. I did a, I did class, and it was awesome. It was a great time. Uh, I love doing jiu-jitsu, but – Lifting has always been something that's very hard for me. And, you know, we endorse election performance. Man, you got to look like you work out. When you are you advocating, man, when you're advocating, you're, you, you are so right, Danny. When you're advocating for something bigger than yourself, you need to become as big as the thing you're advocating. So I am working out at Danny's house. Danny, you know, being just the, the chiseled uh, <laughs> Greek warrior that he is. <laughs> Is out here doing pull-ups with 80 pounds underneath him, and I am doing like eight pull-ups just with the weight that I currently have, right? Danny brought weight with him, and <laughs> and I'm getting really, really tired, but it was a lot of fun because we have BJJ Stars on uh, during our workout. I do Team EP, uh, I think it's seven, squat focus. And uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with what a B-stance squat is, but it's this amazing squat. It, like, it increases – your ability to squat because it puts a lot more emphasis on your front leg. You get in what would be like a what you like a like a fighter stance, Danny, kind of yeah, like, like a, almost like a wrestling stance. Yeah, you're almost in your wrestling stance, and you you get up on the balls of your back foot. Though your ball your foot doesn't have balls, but it has a ball. Like it has <laughs> you get up on your toes and your back foot. And if you're balancing on your foot balls, that would probably be painful. But you're on the balls of your feet uh, on your back foot. And, uh, man, I just realized how weird it is to call <laughs> that part of your foot that. Like, it took me ball years, of your foot. Singular. Ball of your foot, right? But, like, just one ball? <laughs> but, uh, anyway, stupid joke. Um, and it's very, very difficult. And I was only able to do it with, like, 100 pounds. Uh, and Morgan, Danny's lovely girlfriend who let us use her weight equipment that is in her garage, is um, – you know, she she has it all in kilos and I'm stupid. So I can't like I can't do the math. It's like what, 15 times 2.2. I don't even know what that is. You know, <laughs> it's like a decimal point. I don't know how much I'm lifting. I'm over here born and raised in America, land in the free home of the why don't we use the metric system? And uh, <laughs> so the whole day is amazing. And Danny is just running circles around me in the weight room. Uh, but we we get to the point where at the end of the workout I'm I'm so over it like I'm just so tired I'm so upset that I've lost the gains you know and I'm ready to get them back I'm working on I'm working on it um, and I want to say thank you also to Jordan Syatt, who uh, was on our I, I believe he was episode uh, thirty no he's in the forties he's in the he's in the forties let me check right forty eight he was forty eight wow you're really good at this yeah <laughs> episode forty eight Jordan Syatt. um. And he gave me a lot of advice on, hey, you need to, you know, uh, find out what works for you to eat in the morning because mornings are like the hardest time for me to eat. Uh, I just wake up and I don't really want to do anything but go to the gym. But Danny, uh, one thing I noticed is actually we're going to make an open swole cast is every Saturday. Uh, I think we might even just live stream a workout one time. I think it'd be really fun. Yeah. But <clears throat> 
Open Swolecast is now Saturday, so I am held accountable by my co-host, Danny O'Donnell, who is not only an Irish singer, but also, like I said, a chiseled uh, Hebrew warrior. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, did you think it was fun? Fun. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I lift at my um, at my place a couple times a week, but it's fun to do it with someone and to, like, really push yourself. And um, I don't know. It was just good. I want to try some of the stuff that you were doing, the like the B-stand squats and do, like, some more variation on, like, some of the more traditional lifts that I do. But, yeah, it was awesome. I definitely want to keep doing it. Yeah, my legs are, are very, very sore today. I Because uh, I, I follow the Team EP workouts, and, uh, you know, Alex Turner and Alex Bryce of Election Performance have laid out this amazing – and um, I would say very uh, intuitive way of working out that I mean you can really track your progress through a whole month. It's it's workouts Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you do them for a whole month. It's it's based in a uh, four week program, and then you move on to the next program, or you can do that one again. I guess I don't know if you want to stay consistent, but the idea is you get a increase, and you follow like you're not supposed to go as you know balls to the wall, which is hard for me as an athlete because it's I, I've been taught my whole life that it's either you're in or you're out. Turns out you can be uh, in a little bit <laughs> or in all the way, you know. So sometimes you want to do like, you know, reps in reverse. Uh, you want to go like a 7 out of 10 effort because that's going to increase how much you're able to lift and it's going to, you know, keep your body healthy. So it's really interesting. It's like I'm a, I'm a white belt in the weight room. Um, but we did have BJJ stars on. And that was really cool too because in between sets I could just go look. Oh, wow. How is this guy doing? Oh, look at this. And sometimes, you know, the, the show was – I mean yesterday – I think Danny would agree with me. BJJ stars delivered and it was oh, yeah. just an amazing, amazing show. That was, was awesome. Whew, that was a lot of fun to watch. There was so many amazing, um, fights on that, on that card. And there was super fights. And then there was the middleweight grand as Muhammad Ali put it, the middleweight grand pricks, um, <laughs> was there. And yeah, we're, we're going to say, so we, we started watching cause I think it started at three our time. So the first few fights we were, we were lifting, so we didn't like pay super close attention. So we're not going to cover every single fight, but we, we did catch what I thought were, cause I went back and watched everything, but, um, I thought, I think the ones we're going to cover today were my favorite matches of the whole night. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I am super excited. You know, we, I just pulled up, uh, our good friend, our good friends over there at Jiu-Jitsu Times. I just pulled up, um, actually the wrong BJJ stars event. So that's <laughs> they, they my did bad. some write ups <laughs> if you want to read they those. did a, they did a write up uh we're we're here at jujitsutimes.com uh BJJ stars 4 where I mean I guess the biggest storyline to come out of this was Leandro which we'll, we'll we'll get into but uh I think we should I mean we should start with uh what do you want to start with Danny what what fight um, is good to start with here So first is it cool if I just like read off who was in the you Grand Prix it. and what the yeah. super fights were so the middleweight Grand Prix had Leandro Lowe, Isaac Bahiens Mateus Denise, Claudio Calasans, Tavio D'Souza, uh, Jaime Canuto, Luan Carvalho, and Gustavo Batista. So that was sick. I mean, such a good lineup. So many, mm -hmm. so many great athletes there. And then there were also uh, six super fights. So Claudia Duvall uh, fought Gabby Garcia. Patrick Gaudio fought uh, Devante Johnson. Uh, Rafael Lovato Jr. fought Demetrius Souza. Tamara Ferreira fought Bia Mesquita. Victor Hugo fought Eric Muniz, and Amanda Montero fought Anna Rodriguez. Yes, and uh, man, I mean, I can't think. I know that um, there was a couple people that were supposed to be in the Grand Prix. Uh, Roberto Jimenez was supposed to be in the BJJ Stars Grand Prix, and Claudio Calasanz filled in for him, mm -hmm. um, which is awesome. And then I, I don't remember who – I know Hanato was supposed to be on the show as well, right? Kanuto? Yep. 
Yeah, I believe so. I don't know who who filled in for him. Uh, we kind of like I, I didn't kind of forgot that this show was happening for a little bit. You know, I had some stuff happen. Was uh, it Luan who filled in for him? Maybe I think it might have been Luan Carvalho because uh, and that guy was he in Arizona for a little bit? Yeah, he came to train for Worlds um, maybe four or five years ago. It was mm. quite a while ago, but I, I got the chance to roll with him, and he was a, he was a monster. Oh, I remember sure. he had a, a great ankle lock um, that he tapped me with, and he was he was just really tough. He gave me some really good advice too. That's awesome. Yeah, he. Uh, so uh, I believe the way that the tournament went was the first match, the first round matchups were um, Luan versus Claudio, Otavio versus uh Mateo Siniz, uh Leandro Lowe versus Jamie Canuto and then Gustavo Batista versus Zaki Bayens. That was the first round of that Grand Prix. Um maybe we'll start with Isaac and uh Gustavo Batista. That was oh one that we gosh. watched pretty closely. Yes, let's let's go over that. So we watched that pretty closely. Namely I have fought both those guys. Um and it did not go well either time. In fact it went I think I did a little bit better against Azaki than I did against uh, uh, Braguina. Braguina kind of ran over me. And this is a stylistic matchup. I, I actually uh, – I had like – it was only a six-minute match at the World Series of Grappling 2, uh, which that event hasn't happened again, I don't think, since then. Uh, I was a brown butt at the time, and uh, Izaki had just come off of winning Worlds against uh, Otavio Souza. A black belt. At, he, at black belt. He was a, he was a black belt world champ, uh, brand new. And this was before I fought Roberto Jimenez at Fight to Win 93. Um, so a couple takeaways. One, I think it was crazy. My opinion, it's crazy how fast and explosive and precise Izaki is. And man, I honestly like it's kind of scary for me to watch because Braguia made me feel how Izaki made him look, if that makes sense. Izaki was all over Braguia the whole match. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting style matchup because I know he's beaten Braguinha twice before. Mm. And they're both, like, really good in that single leg situation. Um, they're both really good from 50-50. So it was just it was just interesting to see how this one played out. Mm. And I don't think anyone was, was too surprised at Izaki winning. Um, what did you think going into it? Well, I didn't know about the history between um, Izaki and Braguinha. But I, because I, from my competitive standpoint, not knowing about their own history, I only think about my history with them. So uh, what Izaki did to me was I had a couple opportunities under the leg due to my my height difference. I'm a lot taller than Izaki Bayens, and I'm a lot taller than uh, Braguinha as well. One thing I noticed was um, just Izaki really anytime he got space to play his game i don't even want to call it gustavo making a mistake because i didn't think it was i think it was more when izaki got his thing going he did more with it like because braguin had a couple opportunities i believe in the fight to kind of get his game going but he wasn't able to take it because the momentum was already in izaki's favor izaki had momentum from the start of the match and just he's so good at rolling with it and he keeps his legs back i mean his arm weight his uh uh, leg weave pass that he does with his arm where he alternates between cupping the thigh and grabbing the grip is so strong and everybody knows about it. So it, it kind of, it, it's almost like a Gordon Ryan effect in a way where you have to play a certain way against them because you know, the danger, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the thing that stood out for me for this match was just how hard it is to sweep both those guys. Oh, my they're goodness. both so tough to sweep on top. They have such, such good pressure. And especially when they're, you know, if they're like protecting a lead or whatnot and they just mm. want to stay on top for the last part of the match, it's going to be really hard to, to get the score that you need. 
Yeah. Another thing that stood out to me was we haven't seen Izaki in competition for a little bit. And, you know, for Braguia, I mean, he just came off of an amazing performance at Pans, uh, where he only lost to Felipe Andrew, who namely is someone that uh, has given him a bit of trouble in the past. But we look at how we've seen Gustavo get better and better and better. And Izaki is not as active competitively just being in Brazil. And we don't get that. Maybe he is, but we don't get to see it as often because we're here in America. But to see, like, it's scary to see, wow, Izaki's still ahead. Like, Z- Izaki still has Batista's number. And we even got to see, um, I would be, you know, I think it'd be wrong of me not to uh, mention the judo of Izaki and how he was able to throw Braguinha, who, I mean, Braguinha seems kind of unsweepable and immovable. And Izaki threw him. Izaki uh, hit, bounced his forehead off the mat with a Seonagi attempt. and Or I don't know if that was a Seonagi or a different throw, but it was a... He forced Braguia's head into the mat in a yeah. He was on the single leg, right? Yes. Reached Crazy. over, grabbed the belt grip, and yeah, did and the throw through and through yeah. the and threw him hard, and it, it was really cool. Yeah. And uh, I think that that was that was one of the most exciting, and um, I think for people who want to see how to deal with someone like Braguinha, you watch that match because it was just, man, it was so precise. It was, and Izaki had a fan, uh, just uh, kind of foreshadowing what we're going to talk about later, but Izaki had an amazing, amazing performance. He had an awesome day. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So uh, was there another uh, first round matchup that you think we should talk about that we paid close attention to? Uh, I think, I think, what, uh, what was Lowe's first round matchup again? Lowe's first round matchup was uh Kanuto and that was kind of a, I, I feel like that was kind of a slow match. Um, you know, Lowe is Lowe is so smart with with the rules, especially the IBJJF rule set. Like, man, that guy is very hard to do anything to because he understands the nature of the situations that he's put in. And you, re- I mean, it was on display in, in his first two round matchups, especially. Um, I mean, two absolute killers, and he did a really good job. Leandro he pulls guard in such a way that's, I mean, he throws himself back. He's not even worried about closing it. He just wants to get on his back quick, and yeah. he jumps into this situation. Uh, but we did get to see a little bit of, like, you know, Lowe playing a bit of a new game. He doesn't really get under the leg as much. He, he plays more of, like, the Serka uh, from Delahiva, where he grabs the opposite sleeve as the leg that he has, and he likes to play a little bit of the spider guard, like you and me talked about. Danny and I were having a little bit of a of a conversation during the match like wow we don't really see leandro like fiending to get under the leg as much we see him more open like he'll get under the leg for sure he still likes it it's still effective but he's not like fiending for it if that makes yeah sense. it seemed to be all he used to look for like he would get the foot on the bicep the pancreas mm-hmm. for the daily heva and he'd you know stretch the guy out to his right side usually with his right foot on the bicep get under the leg and he'd hit that double ankle sweep i mean yeah. there's hundreds of highlights of him hitting it and and like you said, he was still trying to get to that single leg X position. Um, just seems like his gripping strategies are a little bit different now, maybe a little more varied. But uh, but yeah, he was able to get there versus uh, Jaime. So that was that was mm-hmm. cool to see too. And out of out of the first round matchups, I think that that was that was the coolest one was uh, Izaki versus uh, versus Gustavo. The other ones were either uh, a blowout, like Otavio Souza beating um, Mateus Denise was pretty one sided, um, and then. Uh, Luan versus uh, who was it? Kalasans, I believe, was was also uh, that manner. But we move on to the second round, and you see Izaki's taking on um, Otavi Souza. And I don't know if uh, uh, Souza got hurt in that match, but we'll go over that one in a second. And then you see uh, Leandro Lowe 
going against who was it? Uh, was it Calasans? Yes, it was Calasans yes. because they had a mess up with the um, with the scoreboard and they had to let the clock run completely back to the time that it was supposed to be because they had a mess up with the technology. Uh, but let's go over uh, low, not low versus Calasans. Let's go over. Um, Souza versus uh, Bayens, which is a familiar matchup. I mean, the first time they fought was, I believe, was it the first world or the second world Azaki did? And Azaki got flying triangled. Or was that Pans? Mm, I think that was Pans. Okay. Um, and it might have been his first Pans at Black Belt, but I'll have to double check. Yeah. But, I mean, going into it, I feel like Otavio Souza had a lot of momentum because he won Pans this year going up a weight class, exactly. medium heavy. Yeah. And he fought super good, and he just looked like – like he always looked good at middle, but he looked super strong and and super big at at medium heavy. So it was cool to see him do that. Um, but yeah, I was I was surprised that Izaki was able to beat him the way he did. He was able to pass his guard, take his back, and then get a choke. Yeah, it was. It, and I, and a lot of people were speculative that perhaps Otavio got hurt in, uh, in the match, in the middle of the match, or before the match. Uh, regardless, an amazing performance by Izaki, even before whatever happened, happened, it looked like he was in control. And like I said before, just seeing the comfortability, uh, and the pace that Izaki is able to put on. I mean, he's, he is fast, man. Like yeah. he's even faster now than he was when he first won Blackboard worlds, which is scary. Um, I could see him even doing well in an open division because you see Gustavo, but doing well in open divisions, you see, uh, Otavio Souza going up a weight class, fighting people who do well in open divisions and taking them out. Uh, that was, I mean, that, that was a really good performance. Um, I think that's a good opinion. point. I, th- I think he would do great in an open division because Gustavo competed at heavyweight at Pans. Yeah. And uh, historically, Izak's competed at middleweight. So I know he gets above that weight sometimes, like in the off season or when he's not trying to manage his weight better, mm-hmm. but he's not a huge guy. And he does really well against people who are heavier. He has a good style for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and seeing like okay, I know that you know styles make fights, but in a in a day like that BJJ Stars bracket, we see Otavio run through Denise, who is reigning ADCC champion, and then we see Izaki run through the guy who ran through him. I know that you know the fight between Mateus and Izaki could have gone differently, but if we're gonna talk about you know, just the way, the manner in which these two fights happened, and then Izaki beating Otavio the way he did—that's a huge statement, in my opinion. Because I mean, it was just—it was just two fights, three fights that had dramatic finishes. Like, man, up until these fight points in the tournament, there were no finishes. You know, it was pretty close fights, and then uh, Izaki coming out on top in two fights back to back really set him up well for the final. Uh, sure. against the winner of the next match that we're going to go over, Leandro Lowe versus Calasanz. And that was, I didn't get to, like, I didn't understand what was going on very much in that match. I know that uh, Calasanz made some big efforts to get under the leg and, and invert to go for some leg locks and some uh, some 50-50 setups, but Leandro's staying privy to all of it like he usually does. He's very hard to do anything to. And that's another thing that I that I think is crazy. And you correct me if, uh, if you think otherwise. Leandro has... Even though like people are saying this is the tournament that he's back, you know what I mean? I feel like he's he's been kind of the same, and he's hard to do stuff to, and that's like his main strength. I feel like is that he's hard he's hard to get things on. Like Kynan was an outlier when he fought Leandro, and it's kind of funny that Kynan got popped because he did to Leandro what no one has done to Leandro, and then he got popped. So it's like 
still, how would that fight go down? You know, almost, I don't want to yeah. sound like that, but what an, what an insane thing to realize this tournament. How many times did Leandro get scored on this, in this BJJ stars at all? Did he? I don't think so. But I, the, I think, think the so. other, I think I want to touch a little bit more on what the point you were just making. Cause I don't know that he's different or that he's not as good as he used to be. I think one thing is just the mileage on his body. I know he's had a lot of injuries and I know that holds him back. Like even at the end of the, the tournament, Ali was talking about how before the matches, Leandro was backstage, like getting a massage and he was just talking about, you know, I think it was uh, his knee that was still bothering him and he wasn't even feeling good going into it. That's so I know true. the mileage on his body is, um, is definitely, definitely adds up. And then I think maybe some, <laughs> some lifestyle factors, maybe not always doing the best at taking care of himself. Um, it's kind of the same thing. It's just his body kind of breaking down, not holding up to, to what he puts it through. But For sure. But yeah, I think it's that. And it's just the other guys that he fights that are beating him are just younger and, I don't know, have less miles on them. They seem super fresh. Like Kainan, Miragali, those are guys who are probably not at the pinnacle of their careers yet. What do you think? You know, I am inspired by Leandro. I started drinking five beers a night. And my under the leg is so good. It's insane, Danny. My under the leg is so good now from just drinking beer so much. Uh, no, I, I think it's right. Um, but, you know, he looked great this tournament. He looked, he looked incredible. He, he looked in good shape. He does this thing where, like, and AJ Souza, uh, who we love, who was on the show. And I remember a story he told in a particular episode. I'll have to, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll let you guys know. Just go, just go on Open Guardcast on iTunes. Leave us a review. First of all, and yes. uh, and give us give us however many stars you think we've earned. You can only you can give up to five and as little as four. Um, no, you can give as little as five. Actually, that's the new thing. That's true. You can give as little <laughs> as five and as many as five. So give us yes. five. And uh, AJ Souza said that Leandro does his thing where he essentially he's like, <gasps> <gasps> and like that's so funny because I can see him competing and it looks like he's doing that. Uh, I don't know if that's him actually like his lungs don't work or maybe he has like an, a breathing deficiency. He might just be trying to take in as much oxygen as he possibly can while he's fighting because he looks like he can just go and go and go. And he looks like he's dying, like he's some old dude that just went up a flight of stairs for the first time in 30 <laughs> years. But he's not. He's just he's got this this thing that he does where he breathes super hard. Uh, he looked great this tournament, uh, definitely contrary to how he's looked at other tournaments, namely, I think, like, Pan's 20, 2019 or 2018, where he lost to Wardzinski in the final. And that's not discounting Wardzinski at all. It just didn't look like Leandro Lowe. It almost didn't even look like he wanted to be there. And at this tournament, I think he – there were shades of younger Leandro Lowe in this tournament for sure. Yeah, I think especially in the final because th that was, like, a really high-paced match. Yeah. So I felt like he had to dig deep. And uh, when he got a hold of Isaac's legs and was able to put him down and get that advantage at the end, mm -hmm. um, that was really cool. I, I miss those those type of scrambles that he used to get into all I the know. time. He's really he's got <laughs> some pretty good jujitsu wrestling too. Like he he's quick oh, for sure. Shot. Yeah. As quick as Izaki was that fight, he waited and waited and was like it was almost like every breath was charging him up for a big shot. Like he's like, <gasps> and then it was yeah. just, <gasps> and then he was ready to go and shoot really fast because he shot fast, man. And he oh, took his hockey sure. down, immediately got up and celebrated. That looked like vintage low when he got up early and did the premature celebration. Yeah, that uh, was the, cool. the inner fanboy in me. The inner young purple belt Jake who used to watch Leandro and think I want to do under the leg came out a little bit. I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I thought, 
oh, I got to fight this guy probably. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. You gotta, we got to wait a second. Man, that would be a, that'd be a dream come true to compete on BJJ oh, Stars. That'd, that'd be uh, awesome. We'll so message him. I'll message him. I'll bug them. Shoot, dude. But yeah, I, I want I we want love to, BJJ Stars. Yeah, we do. You guys put on an amazing event. And and I want to go back to the what you were saying about his, his takedown ability. Because mm-hmm. I feel like as he went up in weight divisions – you really saw that double leg come into play more. Like he would, yeah. you know, kind of get the the collar and elbow grips and really shake the guy, break him down, and then just duck under and, and get to the legs. Um, and that's always like a really beautiful technique. I feel like it's. I mean, it looks forceful and powerful too. But I like the way he sets it up. Well, I mean, everything comes with timing. I mean, even even in yeah. techniques, without timing, strength cannot prevail. And without technique, strength cannot prevail. So there has to be tech. Like you can't just yeah. be strong and dumb. You know what I mean? And Leandro Lowe, with his with his takedown ability, he has this not just this ability to scramble, but he has this knowledge of where to go during a scramble. And that really shined. I mean, I think the experience factor between him and Izaki played in that match. Izaki obviously is more of a physical specimen. We can see that. He obviously has better cardio. He's obviously faster. But Leandro makes the the gap between speed and between physicality smaller with how he's able to direct the flow of the match. We saw him go out of bounds on purpose. Like that is I think that it may sound crazy, but like you ever heard of icing the kicker? Like, yeah, man, you, like you go out of the, bounds the timeout and just let yeah, him you go out of bounds three times, it. it slows them down. You know, no one can yeah. keep this <laughs> pace. You go out of bounds three times. That's something that Mate, the Luna brothers do very, very well. And uh, I've heard that people talk about it in jujitsu. It's like when you fight people like that, you're also fighting the refs, you know? And Leandro is – I'm not saying he is like a – like don't take this out of context and say that I think Leandro is boring or that Leandro plays the refs. But I think he knows the rules, and I think he knows what goes into a jujitsu match. If we saw Leandro in a submission-only uh, uh, event, we would see him fight a little differently because why would he go out of bounds in that sense? Maybe he would. Maybe he would sure. just do the icing the kicker thing. But um, like, man, he he was able to go out of bounds in situations against Izaki where he might have been in a worse situation. We saw him versus uh, Jaime Canuto in his, in his first round match. They went out of bounds and Leandro knew that they were going to go out of bounds and Canuto did the smart thing and rolled and, and initiated close guard. But Leandro did these things like it had a purpose, you know, he knows sure. the, the, he knows the length of the ring. He knows the size of the ring and it's very, very smart. Um, and I think that experience factor really helped him in the final against Izaki. Cause I mean, what a, it was a perform. I mean, that's, that's the whole bracket right there is Leandro really just his experience in those situations shined through. And he fought veterans like Kalasans. He fought, and it was like a battle of the minds there, which was really, really cool to see. His first match, I think Kanuto hasn't been a black belt as long as Low, right? Not uh, yeah, half, I don't, I don't think so. Maybe half as long, right? Yeah, he's he's definitely an experienced black belt. He's been black belt for a while. He, he's been he's an experienced black belt, but Leandro has been winning worlds for a while. Yeah. Um, Kalasans, same thing. Kalasans, I mean, double gold at ADCC. 2015 uh, was that 15 years it's five yeah. years ago you know and like that's yeah. not that long ago um wow and that's crazy to think about too that's that's really that's so impressive um yeah and then you know Bragina being a black belt i think only what five years yeah so no so, i think even less even less I think than less that. than that yeah you know like we we and, and three uh, years maybe i think 2017 mm-hmm. was when he first started fighting a black belt crazy and I, a lot of people picked a uh, batista to win the whole thing so Really, really impressive stuff by Low. Now let's go to the super fights. So, yeah, for uh, sure. let's, I know let's, which one I want to start with. 
All right, start with it. Then you lead the way. All right, because I know we watched this one closely, but I want to talk about Claudia Duvall and Gabby Garcia. And the reason I want to talk about it is because I feel like Gabby gets so much flack, and a lot of it's really undeserved. She seems like a sweetheart anytime you listen to her talk in an interview. Seems super nice. And, yeah, the fact of the matter is she's just bigger and stronger than the girls she fights. Like, it's not her fault. And I thought it was really commendable for her to go out there and pull guard. Um, Yeah, and it was impressive. And just – yeah, it was impressive the way she set up that arm drag with the cross sleeve grip, getting to Claudia's back like pretty early on in the match. Um, I, I liked how she was using that folding pass to to kind of smash Claudia's knees together, use that to pass and then get the back again. It was just I just liked the way that she fought. She fought really well, and I think some people are critical of her sometimes for her technique, but she was definitely technical in this match and used a different strategy. So kind of showed that she wanted to improve and work a different part of her game. So that was yeah. my take on it, but I just wanted to hear what you think too. Man, I thought it, I think all the same things. I think if anything, uh, it made a huge statement as well. It was like that was, it was for me, uh, it was very like wa- it made me feel warm to see because I was like, man, she went out there and she like pr- she probably proved a lot of people wrong because yeah. it's Claudia Duvall who has an amazing guard amazing. for sure, yeah. amazing guard, and she's an all around great black belt. And for Gabby to go out there and essentially relinquish her – like everybody's going to say she's big, she's strong, she goes on top, she smashes people. That's all she does, blah, 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 right? But she went out there and relinquished all that. She went out there and said, you know what? You guys say this is all I do. I'm going to do the complete opposite. And she dist- – like I don't have another word for it. She kind of destroyed Claudia Duvall. And Claudia's great. You can't even take anything away from her. So I'm really – I'm proud of of uh gabby in this matchup i think it was really it was very very cool to see it wasn't just like you can take a lot out of her performance and what she did like you can say man i could like i could learn how to effectively manipulate somebody from the back watching that fight uh i was very impressed i was that was the most impressive super fight for me um definitely my favorite performance yeah all the super fights Okay, yeah, interesting. I mean, I would definitely rank it up there. I think Claudia did do a good job of uh, defending. Um, she didn't get submitted, so that was good. Yeah. And she was defending the choke pretty well, controlling Gabby's arm, wasn't letting her really get a tight seatbelt, kind of was disrupting it with the grip fighting. Um, she was able to recover her guard a couple of times after Gabby passed, and that's definitely difficult with Gabby on top of you. So she fought really well, too. It was just, yes. It was just super great to see Gabby – Use a different strategy and use it so successfully. Yeah, the, and I'm when I'm when I'm explaining these uh like my opinion on the on these super fight results, I'm never taking anything away from the other competitor. I would say if they if like something bad happened and like they did something wrong, like uh I don't know like like let's say there was a there was a Santos situation where they ran off the mat and attacked somebody, I would I would explain that I disagree with that. But no, I'm not taking nothing away from Claudia. I'm not and and all these super fights that we're about to go over, um. Really, this whole event was one of the reasons it was so spectacular is because we saw like this it, it was like an amazing camaraderie that was displayed between two people um, who fought each other. And namely, the next fight we're going to go over, Eric Muniz versus Victor Hugo. I think that's another one that's I mean, we got to talk about and I would love to talk about it next because both of those guys are fantastic people. Both of those guys are incredibly high level. And it was like the reason I know it was between these two that I thought the best performances were in the super fights was between Eric Muniz taking out Victor Hugo and uh, and the one that we just went over, Gabby Garcia taking out Claudia Duvall. Uh, I want to get your opinion on it 
I think that Eric uh, really displayed great maturity and a very tactical game plan for Victor. I think he probably went in here really studying a lot because Victor, it almost seemed like he was playing catch up the entire fight. What do you think? Yeah, I feel like Eric was on the attack the whole time. And uh, I don't know. I guess I think my thought is that since he's on Dream Art now, like he's always had his brothers to train with, but now he's at Dream Art. Gaudio's at Dream Art as well. So training with Gaudio and Isaac, I feel like that I could kind of see their influence on his game. I don't know if you would agree with that, but I just feel like those are guys who are pretty aggressive. Um, mm-hmm. They know when to attack. They know how to play the strategy. And he just looked like he was a machine. I mean, he's super big. He used his length really well. Um, probably Victor's probably not used to fighting someone who's taller than him. So that that was a factor, I think, as well. What, what yeah. do you think? Well, the him and his brothers are gigantic human beings for sure. Victor Hugo yeah. is it's like it, it almost feels like he towers above me, and I'm six three. Um, and Eric Eric is taller than than Victor. Uh, I think the biggest moment of the fight for me was when Eric made the deliberate effort, being up on points to pull guard. And he pulled guard, closed guard at the edge of the mat, so he knew, like yeah, his that space. Beautiful. Beautiful, that was actually beautiful yeah. game plan. You're like right. that so, for me, I got goosebumps because I was like, wow, that matters so much. Like that is so huge at this point in the fight. I think there was like two minutes left. He pulls closed guard, jumps, and Victor is now in this awful position that he has to escape before he can do anything. And in the time that he is spending escaping, Eric can set up whatever grips. And we know Eric Meniz loves lapel guard. He has a good lapel guard. You know how frustrating it is to unravel lapel guard with three minutes left, two minutes left, one minute left like that? Man, it takes forever to get out of lapel guard once it's set up. And close guard is a – I don't think a lot of people who don't play lapel guard know this, but close guard is like free lapel setup sometimes. And Eric does the one where you, he passes it over his leg and underneath the same side leg of Victor Hugo. So he's already in lapel guard from the start. He doesn't even have to open his guard to set that up. That's how powerful it is, and he's really good at it. Uh, so yeah, I was I was very impressed for sure. And we were we were going crazy at that part because w- what happened before he he got that guard pull is he got a sweep. Victor he got the two points. Victor kind of scrambled back up to his feet. Eric was able to break the grips and then pull guard. Yes. So he got the sweep points and then was able to disengage from from Victor and then was able to pull guard again. So he was able to get his points and then get back to close guard. Yeah. Which was, you know, he stayed on bottom the whole time. Yeah. And only and stayed up long enough to get the points, which was awesome. Super exactly. strategic. Exactly. It's very important to understand that the reason he broke those grips is because if he didn't, Victor would have got takedown points. And under the IBJJF rule set, which I believe BJJ Stars goes under, um, if if they're up for three seconds, then if they're up for less than three seconds and Eric would have pulled guard with Victor's grips on him, then it would have been considered still a sweep motion so victor would have got points but because he broke the grips it reset back to neutral standing and then it opened up the possibility of a free guard pull so eric really was thinking he's using his noggin on this fight and it was uh it was very very impressive yeah it was beautiful um anything else on that one before moving on to the next one no congratulations eric man yeah congrats uh, eric i'm a fan of eric too i'm I, you know being a christian uh seeing him seeing him boldly and proudly uh promoting his faith was really really cool too and uh you know they're both they're both very friendly very cool uh and seeing them like you know come together for a picture afterwards seeing a lot of the athletes do that after the super fight uh especially with everything going on in the world it's just like i don't know it's a small reminder of you know we're all 
<laughs> we all just do jujitsu. We all love it. So why not, you know, spread a little bit of love and positivity, but moving sure. on, uh, are we going to do, I want to do Devante and Patrick Gaudio next. I figured we would. Yeah. yeah. Devante Johnson, episode 21 open guard cast guest made the trip down to Brazil with his uh, deep voice coach Murilo Santana. And, uh, honestly, I think, I know he's probably, he might not be, uh, thrilled with how the fight result turned out, but I think he did fantastic. I think, I, I mean, it was a stalemate. It was very hard for yeah. both of them to do something to each other. Devonte is very hard to sweep or, or score on. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on the match though. Yeah, it was very much a stalemate. I think stylistically they have similar styles. Um, they're both really good at passing. I think going into it, I had, I was hoping Devonte would take it. I like Patrick as well, but um, just have, obviously having had Devonte on the show, I was biased. But I also just felt like he had some momentum too coming into it. Um, I believe he got third at the Pans, but mm. before that he faced uh, Philippe Andrew at the Subversive event and was able to pass his guard and just looked incredible. Yeah, his leg drag positions looked super solid. Um, but yeah, this one was more of a stalemate. I feel like if they fought ten times, it might be five and five. But yeah, that was very close. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the uh, and just a quick, quick, unrelated, dumb note. Uh, Patrick Gaudio has the thickest neck in all of jujitsu. Oh, my dude. goodness. Yeah. That guy, ugh, like if Electra Performance had, uh, which you can use your discount code, if they had a uh, a neck program, I think Gaudio would be the poster child for it. Just like all neck. Uh, he said, I want to fight whoever's necks. Sorry, <laughs> dumb joke. Um, but uh, yeah, Devontae looked great. And, you know, um, I think the more time he spends fighting at the highest level, the more he'll find his groove. Because I feel like uh, at the lower belt levels, he was a little bit more free because I think he had a, a bit more of an understanding of the ebb and flow of his, like, level that he was at. And the more time he spends at the highest level of black belt, I think the more time he'll understand where his game fits in different fights. And we're going to see a scary Devontae Johnson. I really believe that um, he can do – he can be black belt or champion for sure. And uh, I think that he will. I think it's just going to take a little bit of like him just kind of really leaning in and starting to get comfortable at, the, at this new belt rank. Because I talked to him uh, in person. I was in Philadelphia when he beat Vinicius Trator on uh, the Fight to Win co-main event at Fight to Win 155. Yes. And uh, man, he he was he was super comfortable, super relaxed. And but we did talk about like you know it's hard to do anything at the highest level. But yeah. the people who are able to impose their game is because they're comfortable and they see where the opening is. Like we talked about Izaki during the entire Grand Prix, like. He didn't like force himself on to their game. He didn't force his game. He just saw an opportunity to play his game and he like he like took it so hard. And it was uh, something that I think a lot of people can learn from. Uh, I'm excited to see Devante whenever he fights again. I don't know when it is going to be. He might take a break because, you know, Brazil is expensive uh, to travel to. Oh, well, I mean, I imagine they probably. Yeah, hopefully he got paid. Hopefully well. he got paid. But um, if he didn't, then, you know. Yeah, I pulled up his BJ Heroes page because, like you said, he had that great win over Trator, great win over Felipe Andrew. Um, at the Pans, it looks like he lost to Max Jimenez in the Open class um, in the quarterfinal, and then he lost in the semis of his weight class to Guilherme Agosto. So I did I did see the finish, I believe, with, with Max, but I didn't see his match with Guilherme in his weight class. But, I mean, I, I think everyone has really high hopes for Bones, and... Um, their well-founded hopes because he's done so well at the lower belts and uh, he's just a great athlete. 
so yeah, hopefully we get to see him back on an event like this or another fight to win or a big IBJJF event soon. Yeah, I, I concur heavily. Cool. So moving on, are we going to do what's, what's I want to do Lovato and Demetrius Souza next. I, I love this match. This is a great match. What a performance. Holy crap. So I think going just, into it, they said they yeah. were one and one. So I think they've fought under IBJJF rules um, in IBJJF tournaments, the previous two uh, matchups. But yeah, going into it, I mean, I, I want to get your thoughts, what you were thinking before the match started. Well, I have a vested interest watching Lovato. You know, a fight between me and him fell through. I was going to have a match with him. So I was watching to see how he does. This is an immediate fight, how he's fighting right now. And to see Demetrius Souza do what he did, because it was a it was a beautiful display of patience at the start, you know. But then, like, the man, the momentum built so fast. And then Demetrius, Demetrius had shades of, like, what I imagine Hinaldo will eventually amount to to as far as his passing where it's just like very active very go 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 but as soon as he wanted to get tight he got tight or as soon as he was able to get tight he got tight whereas someone like Hanaldo, who's new school who implements a similar pace keeps on like he's there's a lot of space still there's a lot of like there's not the tightness yet there's a lot of the speed there's a lot of the strength there's a lot of the going around but it's like where's where's the getting tight and shutting it down demetrius john or sorry demetrius soza um he got his time to be tight, and he didn't give it back. It was like as soon as he passed, the fight was borderline over. Um, I thought and, the comment by – sorry to interrupt, but I, I thought the comment by Ali about his passing looking like Adolfo's. Like I didn't think about that, but as soon as he said it, I was like, wow, it really did. Like he would step deep in like almost like he was going for the knee cut. Then he'd step that leg out. He would change sides. Like, like you said, he knew when to use pressure and when to use mm-hmm. speed and movement. Yeah, it was it was very very, and I am not um, incredibly familiar with Souza because just I'm a new school competitor. But seeing that, um, it was just really really cool because you know these guys are veterans and and they looked fantastic. I mean, like Lovato looked good too. I'm not uh, taking anything away from Lovato, but Demetrius Souza really implemented his game plan, and it was really it was. I use the word impressive a lot, but I was impressed. And like I said, this whole this whole card left me freaking like I'm a fanboy. Um, but that was one of my favorite uh, things I got to see because I got to see like a fighter that I have a vested interest in, and I got to see something that works against him in a way. Yeah, I think what what we were impressed with, I remember us talking about during the match was when Lovato didn't have grips and Demetrius was trying to pass his guard, Lovato's guard retention looked really good. Yeah, like He was did. flat on his back. He was able to pummel his legs. Mm-hmm. I think he used an inversion once um, just to keep his legs in front of Demetrius, which was which was impressive. Um, it was just when Demetrius was able to get the grips on his pant legs that he was able to kind of work his way around. But exactly. uh, for context uh, about Demetrius, he has won Brazilian Nationals, like looks like four times, uh, won the Europeans, Won the European Open Nogi. He's gotten third place at the Worlds and the Pans multiple times. So he's definitely a super tough guy. I think he competes in Brazil mostly. So I think that might be one of the reasons why he doesn't have as big of a name um, as he should. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I remember I watched him compete at the Master Worlds one year. They did a, a heavyweight Grand Prix and he fought Leandro Lowe and he had an amazing fight with him. Oof. And that was like kind of my introduction to demetrius in terms of watching him compete like i had heard his name but i didn't know how tough he was until i saw that match yeah no um i i like that uh 
you know, Lovato is consistently aiming to improve. And now he's put himself back in the environment of like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, strictly Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu competition. And he doesn't necessarily look out of sorts at all, even no. being 37 years old, which is, I mean, whatever. But um, seven years past the adult deadline of competition, being able to like not just keep up, but in a lot of ways impose himself um, in the adult division. And that says a lot, not just about him, but about Dimitri Souza. And it says a lot about like the how good Lovato's jiu-jitsu really, really is. Uh, I sure. I think that um, again, we're gonna we're gonna see more from him. Uh, hopefully, against people we know, and yes. uh, that would be really hopefully against good. very close friends of both of us. Yeah, I don't really like him, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but um. It's it's it, it was cool. It was cool to see the fight. Uh, it was like it was almost like BGJ Stars was doing a little bit of like fan service too, just like putting a fight together between two legends and and being sure. able to hey like let's let's have this one happen again. So definitely very cool. I, I do want to go back and correct myself. He didn't fight low at that Grand Prix. It was Bouchesha actually. He had oh, a really here. good fight with Bouchesha. Yeah. And then also um, one last thing on this one, Lovato was going into it in the beginning thinking he was fighting Sergio Moraes. So it was a little bit different of a of a style matchup. So I don't know when the the match got switched when Mariah's dropped out, but that could have had an impact on it as well, depending on how Lovato was preparing. I imagine it probably did. Yeah. So the next one, we talked about some of our favorite fights and our favorite uh, competitors from the event. I think this this match was incredible. It was uh, Tamara Ferreira versus Bia Mesquita. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this was, was crazy. super back and forth Crazy match. match. Yeah. yeah. This Bia... is, I think, if I had to pick one match from the event, this was my favorite. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, no, this yeah. is this was definitely a crazy match. I know Tamara uh, got hit in the eye a lot. I remember that. That was yeah. that fed into a little bit of her intensity, but... Man, having B on the ropes and B having her on the ropes and neither of them really conceding, um, I mean, a really, really close fight. I know that uh, Tamara was put in a bit of a, a hole point-wise, right? She had a penalty, and she was down by an advantage, and she was down by two. Am I, am I mistaken? Yes, and then I think the way Bia scored her points was Tamara went to pull guard as Bia went to to time it and hit a takedown, yeah. and she got points for that. Mm-hmm. Um I, from what I read this morning, there's some people who think it was controversial, but I don't know. It looked like it was close. I think it probably could have gone either way. Um, I'd have to go back and watch it again to make a definitive opinion on it. But, um, but yeah, I just thought it was super cool. I think Bia almost got her back taken a couple of times, and she showed, like, great defense. Um, I'm just a really big fan of her game because she uses, like, I would say, like, advanced basics. She doesn't use any crazy techniques, um, but she just like has all these details that she's able to use from like close guard and just her passing that that makes it so effective and her timing, like you said too. Advanced basics, I love that. <laughs> it's a really good I, way to put it. Yeah, I feel like you have a game like that too. I mean, you obviously use a lot of new school positions, but I feel like you do a lot of basic positions at a really high level against really high level guys. I try. Shoot, I'm trying to get back to doing bird and bowl though. I'm being honest, I, I love. I feel like um, one thing that I took away from this tournament as well is I didn't see like one person grabbing the belt. You know, like like someone like uh, Dim- the Demetrius Souza matchup, or someone like this weekend who won the Houston Open, uh, double gold, Ronaldo Jr. And then we have people 
who like Izaki, who man, these guys grab the belt, like I, like grab the belt against these people, and the dynamic of the fight changes a little bit. I'm not so saying do, grabbing do you the belt from, is an end all be all. Was that? Do you mean from bottom, like maybe in Daily Heva, yeah. like sitting up and reaching with your free hand to mm-hmm. grab the belt? Yeah. How much space are you able to get away from me if your hips are connected to my arm? You know, and like I'm not yeah. saying this is an end all be all. I don't think any technique is end all be all. You still have to be able to initiate proper guard control. You still have to have a good guard, otherwise you're gonna get passed. But at least give yourself a chance to not get passed around uh, silly, you know? Like, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that getting passed around is silly, but shoot, dude, give yourself a fighting chance against people who are so good at getting away from you and their their strength is getting away from you. I, I really like grabbing the belt, not just for Bitter Bowl. Like, for me, I like Bitter Bowl a lot, but uh, for for getting under the leg, if that's what you Dude, like. okay, yeah. So I, I want you to tell me if I'm an idiot, but like when I think about, I think about positions all the time and sometimes I'm just like, okay, where can I grab that's different that most people don't do? And a lot of times I think about grabbing the belt. Like even like single leg X, I feel like, let's say your left leg is the one that's under the leg and your right leg's on the inside. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes if you grab, I've done this a couple times in training, but I haven't like practice it consistently but if i'm able to reach with my right hand and grab the belt it makes it harder for the person to crush my my inside leg and and do like a folding style pass and i just feel like it keeps my hips up um i don't know i just always feel like there's opportunity there with grabbing the belt just for like retention purposes mm-hmm. um would you agree i would <laughs> yeah i, I think grabbing the belt no dude okay so here's the thing like when you're practicing something new uh, you're going to discover stuff on your own, right? Like we could we could sit and watch Keenan, for instance, explain lapel guard forever. But if we go and try it ourselves, we might be able to develop our own understanding of it. Um, <laughs> and I, I know Kit Dale has very strong, strong opinions about like, you know, uh, learning jujitsu and uh, how it's different than nowadays. But one of his biggest points is that you have to spend time in those positions and you have to like figure them out for yeah. yourself and play and like play around with it and do it live and you should, dude. Uh, people say that I do Britain Bull on the wonky side. Like with my right, Delahiva is the weird side Britain Bull. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Like it doesn't sound like a weird side to me. I'm just right legged. Sorry, but uh, I remember gra- we love grappling rewind by the way. But they did an episode where they reviewed my match with Mateus Luna at Fight to Win, and they said I did the wonky side Britain Bull. And I and I thought about it, and I was like, I've been doing Britain Bull like that since I was green belt. Uh, and I'm just now getting back to doing the technique because I believe it's effective at medium heavy. A lot of people don't deal with it. We saw Lucas Barbosa get uh, bitter and bullied by Espen Machison, who was also a guest in the Open Guard cast. Uh, I don't know if it's an Open Guard cast blessing per se, but I think it is. I think it is. No, no, it is. Said for sure. for, oh, it's most definitely is. I know. <laughs> I don't believe in voodoo, but uh, I believe in blessings. So <laughs> bless up. Uh, Espen bitter and bullied Lucas Barbosa, who's medium yeah. heavyweight king. You know, like one of them anyway. And I uh, I think that the belt grip is an underutilized tool, at least because – well, I mean, like, think about it. How hard is it to break a belt grip? You ever broken a belt yeah, grip it's, in your it's life, very, brother? It's different. You're not going to yeah. break a belt grip. That's the secret. Um, Adam Wardzinski uses the belt grip to get people on, on their knees to initiate butterfly guard, which is actually my favorite guard, but I can't use it because no one ever – I don't know how he even gets people down there, but I'm definitely going to – Adam Wardzinski, if you're out there – you're listening to this episode of the Open Guard Cast. Just know that uh, I want to learn how to do butterfly guard from you. Yeah, because... we need to get you on the show. Yeah, and also come on the show. Open butterfly cast, butterfly <laughs> guard cast, butterfly <laughs> guard cast. Look at that, Delahiva guard cast, dude. Belt guard casts. Belt guard butt grip. According to Mikey Musumesi, butt grip. I love that. Let me ask you a question. Uh, this is 
not really off topic, but something that I wouldn't. Is it a personal question? Out. It's a personal question. So if you're gonna break the belt grip, I feel like the way I've tried to do it in the past, if their palm is down, like facing the mat, is I've tried to reach under that arm and almost make like a rear naked choke grip, and then try and like stand up and almost like put my hip into it to posture out. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does, but it's hard. It's hard. You see yeah. how much you see it's how much difficult. more yeah. effort you have to put in. I think that leaves you open to a, a double ankle sweep because you pretty much have to bring your feet square to to get that power from your hip. I feel like what I would do in that situation if someone grabbed my belt is I would try to limit ways that they can get me off balance. So I might make like both grips on the pants, you know, like just grab both grips on the pants and see if they I can. They maybe stack too. Because they're not going to break down my top posture. If they have a grip on my belt and a grip on my collar, then their their legs aren't doing anything. They have to have control over my leg in some way to keep me from moving around their belt grip. So that's the cool thing about jujitsu is like chess. But I would start to try to limit the ways they can use that belt grip because – I mean, it's good for preventing me from passing around, but I have to be doing something in conjunction with my with the grip on the belt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, in that situation, I would start to try to deal with what's happening exactly right now. Where am I? Wh- or where am I at? How am I supposed to position myself, and what am I supposed to do? Depends on their other grips. Depends on how they're exactly. controlling you. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's my weekly technical question for Jake Michael. Oh, Watson. I appreciate it. You haven't done it for a while, especially since last episode with the Ray <laughs> Alexander. All I did was talk about my freaking beer story. Uh, <laughs> but um, can't wait for people to hear it. I can't wait for people to hear if that. If you have a better problem. story than that, send it to us, and you will be invited onto the show. And we'll tell it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kit Dale writes. No, Your story no. will be a special segment. Yeah. Get Dale Wright's parental advisory. Do not listen if you yeah, are under the age. Don't listen to whatever he just wrote, please, because it's going to be bad. Uh, yeah. Okay. So other than that, what else do we have to go over? Is that kind of the the main can of worms or whatever the old people call it about uh, – that's a joke, by the way. I'm not an ageist. Um, but that's BJJ Stars. We just reviewed BJJ Stars for – um, I'm going to bother BJJ stars for as long as I can. Uh, I see that they had an American on the show. Devante was on there. I was the fight before Devante on Friday to 155, which was the last event he did before BJJ stars. I'm not going to say they already know who I am, but they did follow me on Instagram. So they absolutely know who you are. They know who I am for sure. <laughs> and I thought about it. I was like, you know what? What could we both go down there for? Open Guard Cast has this interesting role in the community. We are a podcast. We're the people's pod. I'm changing that on Instagram. We are the people's podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is what we are gonna. That is what we are gonna change our Instagram bio to right now in this very moment. Why are we the people's podcast? Because we have two fighters, two men, two black belts who are able to go out there on the front lines and fight for your ears, fight for your attention. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jake Watson. I am top 10 black belt at medium heavyweight. I'm not boasting. I'm telling you the facts. Flo said it. Flo may not want to write articles about me. I'm okay with that. Whatever. I'm not that handsome. I have to put on glasses to make myself marginally more attractive. I get it. All right? We struggle. I'm just a big nerd. Danny, I'm Supporting get Jake Watson and his efforts. We'll get to you in a second. <laughs> Danny is going to joke and say that he's not a chiseled Greek warrior who is handsome and deserving of affection. But ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. This man is a hunk. All right. Alex Turner sits in his in his attic and thinks, man, I make election performance, but I'll never be Danny O'Donnell. And that's okay, <laughs> Alex. we love you. 
He's just sitting there like, man, from a conventional standpoint, I will never be as handsome as Danny O'Donnell. <laughs> but I can try. Um, <laughs> anyway, where was I going with this? I was going to say that um, I fight. I am trying to be a top-ranked black belt. I want to be a world champion. Danny O'Donnell competes too. All right? Will we be at American Nationals? We don't know. I want to be. We'll see. All I'll right? American Nationals is my birthday weekend, so if you guys want to come up. Come on, you have to go. Give dude. us some give us some 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 love. Take a picture with us. That's all I want for my birthday. It's yeah, just you Jake, guys come up and say we you love got, what you do. You gotta go. And if there's right, anything I'll go. I'll stopping go. you from going, let me know and I'm gonna break down that barrier. Well, okay. Well my, <laughs> my dog is dying. Your dog. <laughs> Boom! Just kills my dog. Yeah. She's already dead. You have to go now. <laughs> just you euthanize my dog for me. That's cool. I don't have a dog, that's a joke. Um but uh, that's I a know, horrible, horrible felt joke. Too. I shouldn't have said that. But uh, yeah, come up to us at American Nationals. The point I was trying to make was BJJ stars. If you need a commentator slash fighter, I will go out to fight. Danny will go commentate. If there's no openings for fighting, we can go commentate. We would love to. We would go all the way out to, to, to Sao Paulo, Brazil, and we would commentate your English show because you had a couple commentators, awesome competitors. But think about it, English commentary for an English-speaking audience, and then those amazing Portuguese-speaking commentators on the Brazilian broadcast. That's genius. I don't know, man. I'm not a genius. I'm just a guy with a brain that barely works. But hey, a car with an engine that barely works can still go places. Hey, dude, that was actually deep. That was kind of deep, all right? You're looking at me like I'm an idiot, but that was kind of deep, I'm not. I'm not. I'm gonna quit while I'm ahead. Jake I'm not even saying the election performance workouts to get strong enough to push that car with no engine to wherever he wants. Yeah, exactly. I can do a, a sled push to my car. <laughs> anyway, uh, Danny, where do we go from here? Is that a, is that a good a, a good episode of review? Yeah. No, that was awesome. That was awesome. Right. It was super fun watching the event. I really hope they do more. It was. I really really enjoyed it. I know they had that debacle with. Uh, Pragisa and um, Herberth not too long ago, but I don't feel like that should leave a stain on the event in any way, shape, or form because oh, no, no, no. They, they've done so many good things. I know people bring that up, but their event was was really sick. They did another one earlier this year that was also gray card. So we really, really hope they keep doing these events. Mm-hmm. We really yeah. hope Jake is on the next one. Oh, and, dude. Yeah. In all seriousness, I love, I absolutely adore BJJ stars. I think that it was, it's such an amazing event. It would be a dream come true to be a part of. Um, and you know, us as a commentary team, I have big plans, big goals, big dreams, and I, I can see it clearly in my head where open guard cast can go. And I think that, um, you know, more people give us a chance, the more people can see that we actually have this incredible passion and love for our sport, not just this sport, but other combat sports. Um, you know, you give us a chance and, and we're going to, we're going to run with it. We're going to prove you guys right about us. Uh, if you're saying that we're cool <laughs> anyway, if you're saying we suck, then I'm probably I'm sorry, but I'm going to try to prove you wrong. Um, so yeah, we just want to, I'm not even going to do a, on that note, I'm not even going to do a goofy intro or a goofy ad rather for election performance. Use our discount code, open 25. Uh, we love election performance, Alex Turner, Alex Bryce. You guys are the best. Everybody at Electrum, uh, including Adam Bradley, who I know works for you guys too. You guys are doing amazing things in the sport. Your athletes are inspiring many, many people and they work so hard. Now, Danny and I are on that, uh, that train on Saturdays. Uh, we work out, we're going to take videos. We're going to promote you guys the best we can. And you guys, 
They are amazing. Even if you're not a jiu-jitsu athlete, if you want to get into good shape, if you want to become thick, mean, lean, swole, maybe not even mean, you can be kind and you can still be just on this incredible path towards bettering your health. Um, and be sure, you know, if you have any questions about nutrition and you're like, man, I have no one to talk to, uh, message them, message Jordan Syed on Instagram. This guy, uh, he, he will respond to your message. He, he responds to everybody. It's actually insane. I don't know how that guy has time in the day, but he responds to everybody. And you might look yeah, at his follower count and be like, you might look at his follower count and be like, dude, this guy will never respond to me. But Danny's right. He's a genius. Like the, the guy is very helpful. Um, and yeah, we look forward to making more episodes. I don't know who the next guest is, but we'll have them on soon. And we hope you guys enjoyed this little uh, recap episode of BJJ Stars. We will uh, definitely be a part of some new events in the future. Uh, I'm going to make a, a grand effort to go to American Nationals. I'm not sure if I'll compete Nogi. Um, maybe we'll put a poll on Instagram. And, and if we get 100 people say yes, then I'll compete Nogi. We'll see. But uh, I just don't do Nogi. So if I jump in there, it'll be like jumping in naked. But, but yeah. your coach is going to override whatever that poll says. So he has oh, final sure, say. Yeah. My, <laughs> if Andre says I don't care, then I'm going to be like whatever. But yeah, I will be competing, and uh, we will be there. Uh, just come up to us, say hi, and uh, yeah, please we'll say hi. We may have some stuff for you. Maybe in we'll terms see. of yeah, merch or I don't know anything. There's we'll have some. Surprises. You want to look? Hey, if you want, if you want to look drop dead sexy, <laughs> and you want to, if you're thinking in your head, you're like, I man, I look in the mirror and all I see is this guy, this gaunt in the face, looks like I haven't eaten food all day, guy. <laughs> you want to look just gorgeous you want the all the men want to be you and all the women want you then you will pick up an open guard cast whatever we sell at the tournament or whatever we do i don't really know maybe we'll just bring a bunch of pens with a sticker on it doesn't matter Something guard cast is i promise that. it'll be better is than that. pens with a sticker hmm. i don't know i'm just not smart like i said danny takes <laughs> care of all this stuff danny's a smart guy come up to us so we speaking of which one more thing we want to oh, yeah. congratulate Dom oh, Hurtado shit. on winning Dominic our hoodie Hurtado. giveaway con hoodie giveaway contest for sure. Dom de definitely follow Dom on Instagram at Dominic Hurtado. Super good competitor. He's someone that I train with. Just got his purple belt. Um, he's a monster. Super yeah. good kid. Amazing kid too. So follow him. Um, you're gonna yeah, see big great. things from him coming coming soon. For in sure. Competition. So definitely follow Dom and congratulate him on winning the hoodie. The biggest accomplishment probably of his young life. No, yeah, not. <laughs> for sure. Definitely not. But, He's a you know, actually, athlete. <laughs> Danny, now that you mentioned, I actually remembered something that I that I want to start. Um, I want to start promoting at the end of every episode, maybe at the beginning, if that's okay with you. We'll talk about it. But uh, uh, there's a GoFundMe for uh, my uh, one of my best friends passed away recently, and uh, her memorial fund has raised four thousand three hundred dollars out of ten thousand. And uh, we want to, you know, just have the 10000 to give to her family. I know that it will never replace the loss of a loved one, but it can at least help during a difficult time. Uh, there's other stuff happening in the world like COVID that can put people out of work, and it's it's scary, and it's very sad what happened. But um, I want to raise that money, and I'm trying to, you know, promote whatever I can do. If I were to win a $10,000 cash prize tournament, then 5700 of those dollars would go towards this donation. Um I, I just want to be there for the family. If you guys have it in you to just share the link, it's on my Instagram at Jake Watson official all lowercase, no spaces because I don't do none of that. Um, just, uh, you know, just let me know. Cause, uh, we would love to, we would love to just, you know, share the link around. If you have it in you to, to donate, then that means so much to their, to, to not just me, but to Taisha's family. And, uh, we love you guys, Danny. If you got nothing else to add on that note, that was episode 50. <gasps> 
nine yes. of the Open Guard cast. My name is Jake Watson. Please leave us a review <laughs> on iTunes. Just want to say that one more time. I thought you were going to say my name, and, my, and I'm Danny O'Donnell. I thought nope, you were going to do No, nope, that. that's not you're important. Just... No one cares about me. <laughs> so, yeah, please leave us a, a rating and a review on iTunes. That would be a big help. Apple Podcasts is what it's called now, not iTunes. That's right. Leave us uh, a rating and a review. A review is more important on Apple Podcasts. And this is episode 59, review of BGJ Stars. And our next episode will be out in a couple days. So thanks, everyone, for listening. All right.